Well, as Ada said, today is Cap Sunday when we highlight the partnership between this church and Christians Against Poverty. And I was, I was particularly struck by the extra verse that we sung in Be Thou My Vision. I don't know whether you noticed that uh, uh, that's St. Patrick's breastplate, isn't it? Yes. So St. Tristan added an extra verse um, to St. Patrick's original. Um, and it went like this. This is what you have just prayed, what I have just prayed as we sung. Be my compassion, my love for the poor. Break my distractions so I can't ignore the least of your children, the ones you adore. For by them, Jesus, I worship you, Lord. For by them, Jesus, I worship you, Lord. An extraordinary prayer about our compassion and our love for the poor. Um, and essentially, that's what Christians Against Poverty is all about. Um, I'm sure many of you will know about CAP, but for those of you who are new to the church, uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our work. Christians Against Poverty exists to serve the poor and to see people become Christians. It was started some 23 years ago by a man called John Kirkby, and it's now a highly regarded national debt counselling charity. You go online and it's listed with three or four others as one of the big three or four debt counselling charities in this country. And of course, the great thing about it is, one, it's free, um, and two, it's Christian, totally Christian. The South Ham Centre has been open for about nine years, and it's a partnership of churches across this area, with this church, Totnes United Free, as the hub church. And there are three elements to our work here in Totnes. First of all, there's the Debt Centre, which has three debt coaches. That's Phil Watson, Dave Fox, and me. And we cover the whole of the South Hams. We respond to people who ring that national free phone number, who get in touch with CAP, who talk about their, their particular struggles with, with debt or poverty. And we then visit them in their own homes. Uh, so that's the debt center. And we're, we'll be particularly focusing on that this morning. Then there's Fresh Start the second service that we run here in Totnes, and that's run by Shan Crook and Jill Francis. And CAP describes that as a unique service that helps people to build community, change habits, and find freedom. Don't we all want to find freedom? And many of us uh, have, have life-controlling habits that, that need uh, the, the freedom that only Christ can provide. So if you're struggling with drugs or alcohol or smoking or gambling or eating or shopping or internet addictions of any sort, uh, then Fresh Start is for you. It's an eight-week course that we run here in this church on a Wednesday. Um, and the next course we're hoping will start in mid-October. Uh, 
come and see us if you'd like to know about Fresh Start, or if you know someone who would like that information. And in fact, over here on this table, we've got uh, leaflets about uh, the debt centre, about Fresh Start, and about the third element to our topness provision, and that's the CAP money course. Uh, the CAP money course now has a team of trained money coaches, including Phil and Lynn Watson, Rosemary, and Alex. So there are four people who are able to deliver that course, um, and Rosemary and Alex are uh, delivering one at this moment uh, at the Daisy Center, and there's another one starting in a month or so's time in November. Uh, so CAP describes that one as a free short course that makes managing your money simple. Uh, don't we need that as well? So many of us need uh, help in managing the monies that we've got, however much or however little we've got, just helping in budgeting uh, and in organizing our finances. It's worth mentioning that all of us are volunteers and that we depend on a large group of befrienders and supporters who get alongside our clients and provide real help and support. And we could not manage without you. And there are many of them here in this church, people who come with us on visits, who support us, uh, who help the, the clients that we're visiting and we're working with. And we're so grateful for that ongoing support that is provided by a great team of befrienders, uh, both in this church and in other churches across the area. Over the years, we've been able to help many local people with their debt and their money issues. And what we're doing is, is reaching out uh, to people with the love of Jesus. We're praying for people. Uh, we're helping them practically and spiritually. And that's one of the great things about CAP. Um, we're able, at the invitation of many local people to go into their homes uh, to, to help them with their, uh, their finances, with their debt problems. Uh, but at the same time, because we're a Christian charity, we have the freedom uh, to pray with people. And you know, over the last five or six years that I've been doing this, there's only been one couple who've said, no, no, uh, I'd rather you didn't. Okay, I mean, I usually go straight in anyway and say, look, I'd love to pray for you. Um, I just want to pray a blessing on you. And sometimes people say, well, if that makes you feel better, you know. So I say, well, actually, it's not about me feeling better. It's, it's, it's about praying God's blessing on you. And, um, and very few people ever uh, refuse that offer of prayer. I mean, what we're doing is just blessing people in the name of Jesus. We are praying for God's help, God's blessing. And that so often uh, makes all the difference to someone who's really, really struggling. So the help is both practical and spiritual. And as a result, there are people here in Totnes, people here this morning, um, who've received help from CAP and have subsequently become Christians, have become followers of Jesus because they've experienced the love of Jesus. People often say to me, well, you know, what is your motivation for doing this? Well, 
I'm no great financial advisor. That is not my skill. Um, although I'm able to help people and to, to relay the information that CAP's head office provides. But what I'm doing is, is I'm, I'm motivated by the love of Jesus. And that's, that's catching. It's very good news. So there are two parts to this presentation this morning. First of all, we're going to hear about the work of CAP, and we're going to watch the CAP Sunday video, which is called Look Again. And then later on, I've got a short talk based on the story of Zacchaeus in Luke's Gospel. So I promise this won't go on forever. Okay, two, two 15-minute slots, if, if you're able to, to, to live with that. So part one is this cat presentation. Uh, we're going to watch the, the video in about five minutes. But first of all, I just want to say a little bit about this. Um, the cap Sunday presentation starts with an extract from the prophecy of Isaiah in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 6, where we read of Isaiah's response to God's call. And this is what it says in Isaiah 6 and verse 8. This is Isaiah himself speaking. He says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Some of us who've been around church for a while will have heard the sort of joke about um, people saying, here am I, send him, send her. Okay, it's, it's a sort of old chestnut, that one. Um, the reality here is Isaiah is responding to God's call. And interestingly, God didn't send Isaiah on an international mission. He called him to serve in the place he already lived in. Isaiah was called to engage with his community. And today I believe that God is, is calling many of us to do exactly the same. We don't have to go abroad. We don't have to travel necessarily great distances, to serve the Lord, to respond to God's call on our lives. And we are called to engage with the people around us, to the person we meet next, uh, next to us. And that, I believe, is, is one of the great things about this church, that we have mission communities. We have small groups where anyone and everyone is welcome. We're not just here for, for those people who already believe, who would already call themselves Christians. We're open to anyone who wants to explore the Christian faith. So if you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, uh, you know, I wouldn't call myself a Christian, but I'm interested, then we have lots of groups that would welcome you to be part of exactly what uh, we're, we're talking about here, about finding out more about the love of God and the love of Jesus. Here are some shocking facts. Across the UK right now, there are parents who are missing meals so their children can eat the little they have. There are elderly people living alone who've not turned the heating or the hot water on for days because of the costs. There are people battling mental and physical health problems while at the same time being hounded by debt collectors with letters, phone calls, banging on the door. 
There are estimated to be 1.5 million people living in destitution here in the UK. For most of them, nobody outside their household knows the truth. Sometimes not even their families know. They put on a brave face, make excuses to cover things up. They're afraid of judgment. They're ashamed. They feel guilty. Or they just don't believe anyone can help them. We're going to watch an incredible story that shows God's power at work in the life of just one person who was helped by Cap. And so we're going to watch Tina's story. That's we want the actual video, that's the uh, there you go. I was in to walk past the house. No, you wouldn't know. Don't see me think it's oh, that person keeps her curtains closed. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. The one thing I didn't want was to be judged. You put a front on to people. I won't have a cup of tea because I've only got a quarter of a pint of milk that's got to last me a week. You make excuses. Oh, the boiler's not working today, so I can't put the heating on. Sorry. Oh, the bulbs are blown, sorry. I'd go around and take the bulbs out. My bedtime became sort of four or five o'clock in the evening because I couldn't read by the lights I had and or do my cross stitch or anything like that. Collect the post once in a blue moon, big pile of letters and it we want this, we want this, we want this. You can't have it, there's just nothing left. You don't see an end. And as much as people tell you there's an end. There isn't. You're living, not day to day, I was living minute to minute. And the only answer I could see was, if I'm not on this earth, you can't get anything from me. Over one and a half million people haven't got enough food to eat, heating for their home, or even a place to call their home. Right here, right now in the UK. Poverty is in every community, often hidden behind closed doors. I know what it's like to not have enough to feed your children. I know what it's like to have to leave home. And that's why I started CAP 23 years ago. We offer award-winning debt counselling. We have job clubs and we offer courses that help people with life skills and dependencies. 
Every one of our life transforming services is run in partnership with a local church just like yours. Whenever Cat partner with local churches, lives are transformed and poverty is relieved. Every year together, tens of thousands of lives are touched by the work of CAP and the local church. But most importantly, around a thousand people choose to respond to Jesus. On her own, Tina had absolutely no chance of resolving her debt situation. But once the local church and CAP were on the scene, things began to change dramatically. It was a relief when Ruth came home because for once it was someone that wanted to listen to me, that wasn't getting paid to listen to me. And I sobbed. I broke my heart. She then said, right, we're going to help you here. They will sort you a budget out that gives you money that I can go shopping where I could open the post and just put it in an envelope and send it to Ruth or keep it for her next visit. Such a relief to be able to get up in the morning and open your blinds and your curtains and you see sunlight instead of a dark room. You know, and I remember going to church after I went there. You know, yep, I went get free the other day. Yeah, and you know, and everyone was genuinely pleased that I'd done it as well. And through the coach journey, I started going to my local Baptist church. And it started restoring my faith. I got baptised and it was like a piece of my wall that I put up came down but also another weight got lifted with the support of my father and the support of the churches and the people around me I can now start rebuilding my life Will you join over 30,000 other people who, just like you, believe that the church should be involved in its community and be at the forefront of social change. Who, like you, believe that poverty should be relieved and people should be given a chance to live again. And also, that Jesus should be at the heart of all we do, that we should share the good news with the people that we help. Will you today join those and together we can make a massive difference I love these cat videos. They are always so hard-hitting. And uh, whenever we show them, um, we always make the point that these people aren't actors. Uh, these people have really been through it. Um, so here we have a great story of, of a life that was transformed. Uh, and lives like these are transformed as ordinary people like you and me share the love of Jesus. Do you know, the most striking thing about Tina's story is that despite the huge number of difficulties she was facing, nobody knew. Nobody saw that she sat in the dark and cold every evening. Nobody saw her empty fridge or the pile of laundry she couldn't afford to wash. Tina was desperate for someone to notice, but terrified of anyone finding out. I'm sometimes asked and sometimes asked by CAP clients, how does CAP manage to respond to needs like this in the community? How does it work? Who pays for it? And the answer is 
because some 30,000 people like you and me have responded by making a monthly gift to CAP. And CAP calls these people life changers because that's exactly what they're doing. And I know that some of you are already giving generously. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for supporting the South Hams CAP Centre and thank you for supporting CAP UK. For others, you might want to consider giving to CAP. And so we have leaflets and we have pens and donation forms available today. Um, and I just encourage everyone to take one of those leaflets anyway, because it's got lots of information uh, about CAP and particularly about the story that we've, we've watched today. Um, so there's an opportunity to pick up one of those leaflets and if, if you feel that's what you can do to give to the work of CAP. Um, I'd just like to pray before we continue um, and to pray a, a prayer that's been written especially for CAP Sunday. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that your heart overflows with love for the poorest and the most vulnerable in society. Thank you that you see the hidden needs in this community. We praise you for the lives you have already changed, like Tina's, whose story we've seen today. Thank you for the lives in this community which have been changed by the love of Jesus. And we pray for all those who are trapped in poverty in the UK to be set free from the darkness of their situations. We pray that those who are afraid to speak up and ask for help would find the courage they need to reach out. Thank you that you use ordinary people and organizations like CAP to bring hope and practical help to others. We pray for more to be inspired to join the fight against poverty. And we pray that through CAP's work, more people's lives will be changed as they find freedom from debt and respond to the love of Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to zoom in on Zacchaeus. And so we're going to read from Luke's Gospel and chapter 19. You might just want to listen or you might want to follow this in your Bibles. I'm actually going to read from the New Living Translation and uh, the, the text will actually be up on the screen uh, this morning. It's the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, 
Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. The Son of Man, Jesus, has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. Here's a a very well-known Bible story. If you've ever been to Sunday school in your life, you will have heard the story of Zacchaeus, the meeting of Jesus with Zacchaeus the taxman. It's a story that is so popular with people who do children's talks um, because Zacchaeus is a little man, okay? And kids easily, easily identify with characters who are little, you know, sort of Mickey Mouse and Tom and Jerry and hobbits like Bilbo and Frodo. You know, th- these, these are characters that children easily identify with. And so we have this picture of this, this little guy who can't see over the crowd and he climbs up the tree. And of course, we've used this story here on our third Sundays, on our, ch- our family services. We've had trees growing up the balcony there and, and Various characters climbing up there. Some of you might even have played Zacchaeus in one of our dramas. But it's not just a story about a jolly little guy who climbed a tree and struck lucky. Otherwise, we might as well just stick with the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. I mean, there there are similarities between the two stories. Except this is a true story. And it's a story of a man, Zacchaeus, who was clearly prepared to do anything to see Jesus. And that's the message that we will often take from this story. We live in a town where many people are on a spiritual search. People are looking for answers. People are seeking truth. And Jesus says, Seek and you will find. Every Sunday, we have people turning up in church who are curious, who are seeking something. Sometimes they're seeking the truth about Jesus. Sometimes they're seeking, they're on a spiritual search. And Sunday by Sunday, we welcome everyone and anyone who wants to discover more about Jesus. And that's an amazing thing. Jesus promises, seek and you will find. Notice that Jesus knows 
who Zacchaeus is. He calls him by name. He knows exactly who this man is hiding up the tree. Jesus knows where Zacchaeus is. He knows exactly where to find him. He's up a tree. And Jesus affirms him and makes him feel valued. Take those details and apply them to yourself. Jesus knows you by name. He knows where you are and he knows what you're up to. And he loves you. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever your story is, Jesus loves you. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 139. You, God, know everything there is to know about me. I can't escape from your presence. We might be just starting to look for Jesus. But so often we find out he's been seeking us for so much longer. And so if you're on a spiritual search, if you're wanting to know more about Jesus, know this, he knows everything there is to know about you and he's been longing to meet with you for a very long time. Jesus says, I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and save those who are lost. If you're thinking, do you know, I, I read that story and I'm not so sure that Zacchaeus was that keen to find Jesus. Yeah, we, we say he's seriously seeking Jesus. Well, I'm not so sure that he was that keen. He just happened to be stuck up a tree. Listen to this interesting fact that I discovered. I think it's interesting anyway. In that first century Jewish culture, men did not climb up trees, exposing their legs to public view and risking the mockery of everyone. You just did not do that. Okay, that was, that was just unthought of. You did not behave like that, and especially if you were a high-ranking tax collector. Zacchaeus was desperate to see Jesus. He was a man who was seriously seeking Jesus. And that's my first point. The second point I want to make is entitled Generously Giving. After Zacchaeus meets Jesus, he not only says, if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. But he also says, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. Half of my wealth I'm going to give to the poor. Now, if you've done the cat money course, or you're trying hard to manage your money, you might be thinking, wow, I wish I'd been around then. This sounds like a really good deal. Um, or perhaps you're thinking, well, that just sounds excessive. Here is this man who is about to donate half his income, half his wealth to the poor, and to pay back four times over anybody who he has cheated or defrauded. So you're probably thinking, well, okay, I've been cheated out of £100. Uh, that's 
I get £400 back. That is a good deal. Zacchaeus, it seems, is determined to compensate people for any loss they've incurred. In other words, he wants to do things to conduct his affairs ethically. And he wants to be in good relationship with people in his community. We always think of Zacchaeus as a man who was ostracized. Uh, And the residents of Jericho may well have rejected him because all tax collectors were regarded as Roman collaborators, as men who were exploiting their own people. Whether that was the, the case in Zacchaeus, uh, in his case or not, uh, we're not sure. But whatever the case is, he wants to correct this. Zacchaeus wants to correct this, to love his neighbors and to give generously to the poor, to give away half his income. We don't know what Jesus said to Zacchaeus as they ate together, but I don't believe Jesus told him to make these extraordinary financial offers. Something has happened to Zacchaeus, and this encounter with Jesus has transformed him. Zacchaeus has understood God's heart for the poor. It's just possible that Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus and that Jesus is teaching on the poor. How Jesus had stood up in the synagogue in Nazareth and claimed the words of Isaiah as his mission statement. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Maybe Zacchaeus had heard of Jesus claiming those words for himself. Maybe Zacchaeus remembered Jesus saying, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Whatever it is, the fact is Zacchaeus is a man whose life has been completely transformed. Whatever he was seeking when he climbed that tree, he certainly discovered a right relationship with God. And one of the signs of this is the way he reflects God's character in his generosity. The way he reflects God's character in his generosity. And Jesus affirms this. Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. Jesus says, I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and to save those who are lost. What do we learn then from this story in Luke's Gospel? Well, there are two things that I want to highlight. First of all, we learn that an encounter with the living God, with the living Lord Jesus Christ, will always be life-transforming. We have people here in this church today who have had an encounter with Jesus and their lives have been totally transformed. They've been totally turned around. Jesus came to show us God's love. He loved us so much he suffered and died for us. 
That's how much God loved us. He gave his one and only son. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus says, everyone who seeks, finds. When we find Jesus and he saves us, he rescues us, we start a new life in right relationship with God. And he gives us a desire to be rightly related to our neighbors, to love our neighbors. Jesus was once asked, what are the two greatest commandments? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And so as we come into a relationship with Jesus, he gives us a love for God and a love for our neighbors. So an an encounter with Jesus will always Uh, leads to a totally life-transforming experience. And secondly, that love for God and for one another will be demonstrated, I believe, in a desire to give. It's our response to the God who gave his one and only Son. Paul says that God loves a cheerful giver. We've already given this morning. Uh, Some of us have given by standing order. Some of us have given as we've put something into the bucket. God loves cheerful givers. As our hearts are changed, we will love to give. We are created in the image of a giving God. And when we give, we're doing what we were created to do. We are becoming the men and the women God created us to be. Those of you who were here last Sunday will have heard Suzanne preach on migrants. And like many other people, I was particularly struck by that message. Suzanne took us to a verse in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Uh, It's a verse where David is praising God, the God of greatness and power and glory and majesty and splendor. David is acknowledging that everything in heaven and on earth is yours. And then he prays this prayer. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Extraordinary verse that. Everything comes from you, Lord God. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. And we were challenged with this question. How does that affect the way I hold on to or use all that I have? During the week, we had a a joining the church evening for people who were interested in uh, joining this church family. And one of the things that Aid challenged us on was not only using our gifts, our natural gifts, our spiritual gifts, because we're in a church where 
the pastor doesn't do everything um, from preaching to opening the doors to setting up to playing the organ, thankfully, um, to, to doing the lot as, as you find in, in one or two churches still. Um, but we're a church where every single person has something to contribute. And that includes you. Each one of us has a natural gift. There are many, many people this morning who are out working with our children and young people. There are many people who were involved in getting ready for this morning, in leading our worship, in praying for this morning, in setting things up, in clearing up afterwards, in serving us tea and coffee, in running our mission communities, and so on and so on. We are all able to use the gifts that God has given us. Some of them are natural gifts, some of them are spiritual gifts that God gives us. And at that that, uh, meeting during this week, we were challenged to give generously, to give financially. And you know, this church wouldn't survive without the giving of God's people. Because we don't get some sort of amazing grant from some church denomination. Everything that happens here, including the building and the salary of the pastor and the youth worker and the, the, the uh, day-to-day activities, everything comes from our giving. And it's the same, of course, with CAP. CAP gets no government funding whatsoever. Okay, the huge budget that they have, uh, some £50 million it costs to run CAP each year, comes from the giving of people like you and me and a few uh, charitable trusts. I was then struck by Paul's message to the Corinthians on generosity. Uh, and we looked at that very briefly last week as well. Um, if you read 2 Corinthians and chapters 8 and 9, you'll see that Paul is talking there to a church and he's encouraging them to give financially. He's saying, you're, you're brilliant, you, you give in so many different ways, you excel in giving um, and he mentions a number of things he says since you excel in so many ways in your faith in your gifted speakers in your knowledge in your enthusiasm in your love I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving I love the Passion Translation of that verse. It talks about grace-filled generosity. And that's what I want to focus on as we we finish this morning. Grace-filled generosity. During the week, I I was contacted by uh, someone who used to work here in the church many, many years ago. She was... Um, in fact, my PA many years ago, um, and she was contacting me to say, would I provide a reference for her f- for some jobs that she was going for? 
And I was able to respond and say, yeah, I'm very happy to provide that reference. You know, I can talk about your skills, uh, the gifts that you, you have. I can talk about your honesty. I can talk about your loyalty, uh, something that's very important to me. Um, I'm very happy to provide a reference for you. And it got me thinking about references. I wonder if someone had to write a reference for you, for me. Um, I wonder if they had to provide a, a reference for, for this church as, as a church family, whether they would include the words grace-filled generosity. I wonder if they'd be able to say, yes, that's what characterizes this person. This person is a person who gives generously, is, has, has this gracious act of giving right at their hearts, right at the center of their character. I wonder if that could be said of this church as well, as that's what characterizes Totness United Free Church, grace-filled generosity. God loves a cheerful giver. Generosity, of course, is not just about giving money. And many, many people here give in so many different ways. And we are so grateful for that. But it certainly includes the giving of money. God wants us, you and me, to use all that he has given us, all that he has made us for his glory. And there may be things that God lays on your heart this morning and you think, I want to bless that person with a financial gift. I want to bless uh, that particular um, activity or that particular project or ministry with a financial gift. And all that we do, of course, is for God's glory, for his glory alone. 